Hey What's guys. Up, What's up, Campbell? I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. Are you excited? You already asked me. You already said you're excited. I do Indeed. listen. I'm a good friend. Welcome Love back that. to Boozicals. Love your shirt. <laughs> Love Kermit the Frog. Oh, thanks. It says, on the outside, I'm hooting. On the inside, I'm hollering. That is... <laughs> He's a cowboy permit. Yeah, I love Alex got it for me for my birthday. It harkens back to our uh, Muppet movie episode. I mean, the <laughs> that Muppets was such are a just good incredible. Day. That was such uh, a good day. What a great surprise, too. Finally got to meet yeah. him. Yeah. But today is equally, if not, a better day. Correct. You know why, Raven? Why? Tell us why, Campbell. Because we are here today with our first guest of season two. 100%. She's amazing. Introduce her. Tell us who she is. That's what I was doing. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, wow. Uh, she, okay. she has been my <laughs> grad school rock. She has been, she's the one, she's like the person that knows all the cool stuff going on in this stupid town <laughs> and knows everyone here. I would like to introduce to our wonderful listeners and to Raven. Dr. Hannah Ralston. Oh, that's right. I well, to me for the that. to me for the second time, right? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did I meet when you visited what Campbell called our stupid little town, but it's a town that I love. I know. Wow. I'm sick of it. That, yes, people get sick of it. I love Corvallis. <laughs> yeah. But great, great to see you again. I'm stoked to be on the podcast with you two. We're stoked it's been to have so you. So fun to hear about it over the past couple years, and it just. Yeah, what a fun thing that you two created uh, during a time that was not very fun, but I'm glad <laughs> this came out of it. Yeah. 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 And, oh, and so... my cat is laying on my notes. It's begun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, what we're going to do now, um, we're a new thing this season, we're going to be talking about some musical terms. So mm-hmm. um, the musical term of the day for our uh, um, shot talk uh, is Tejano <laughs> music. And so Hannah doesn't know I'm doing this, so I'm going to take a shot and then explain what our term is. Okay. Like and I'm see excited. how this goes. We okay. just came up with this idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shot talk, uh, working title. Um, we're going to try new ones every episode. All right, let's see. Oh, God. I, I actually do hate taking shots. Yeah, I hid the tequila in here so you wouldn't see it. That's true. I didn't know this was coming... Um, yeah, I brought tequila for the margaritas. It's been in my car for a while, so it was very warm. So at least you're not shooting hot tequila. <laughs> no, There's that. that's true. Yeah. Okay. True. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so Tejano music, <laughs> also known as Tex-Mex music or Texan-Mexican music, is a name given to this uh, various forms of folk and popular music that, like, originated in Mexican-American populations Mm -hmm. in Central and Southern Texas with roots kind of like combining uh, Mexican music and then also European influence from like Germany, Poland, what is now like the Czech Republic from like waltz and polka kind of mixing with like the indigenous music like around that area. So that is uh, Tejano music. And I didn't enjoy that, but there we go. <laughs> but you did great. You did a great job. Thanks. I love you. So, uh, Tejano music is related to the musical we're doing today. That was mm-hmm. chosen by our guest. Hannah, what musical are we talking about today? We're going to talk about Selena. Yay. And I'm really excited. Um, I 
am not a lifelong Selena fan, and so I'm going to admit that I became one because of the Netflix series. Um, but once I started watching that Netflix series, I quickly became obsessed. And she means so much to so many uh, to so many different people for so many different reasons. Um, but for me, I totally jumped on the Selena train because she's just like her personality is so lovely. I mean, she was so positive and so humble and. Um, it totally hit me at a time in my grad studies where I needed some positivity, yeah. and um, so then my Selena obsession began, and uh, very much wanted to uh, be on your podcast, like <laughs> anyway. And then the Selena obsession started, and I was like, "Gamble, have you done Selena yet? Can I please do Selena on it. your podcast?" Yeah, really. Like, okay, sounds great. That's easier for us to decide. I am feeling that shot. Um, Ooh. Love that for you. <laughs> I should have eaten more today. Anyway, I um, ate, so, which is uh, an improvement on <laughs> just in, in general. <laughs> it's a good thing. Okay, so with Selena, what kind of drink are we drinking? Okay, so we are drinking an avocado margarita, and I suggested this because I actually lived in San Antonio, Texas, for a year, which is very much. Um, Selena country, if you will, but because I was raised in the 90s by white people in Montana, I was not a Selena fan at the time <laughs> that I was living in Texas, And um, but when I was living in San Antonio, an avocado margarita was like the thing to drink, and so I thought I haven't had one since then, and so we'll bring it back for um, this occasion. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Raven and I kind of like found and zhuzhed up and altered like some recipes. So let's try it and then we'll name it. Yes. Yes. I'm excited. Okay. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Pink. Ooh. That is tasty. I'm into it. I like that. I love this. It's so hot in Corvallis right now. We see where it's melted and, like, has separated some at the bottom of our margaritas. Oh, wow. But it won't take long to drink this. Oh, perfect summer drink. Mm-hmm. Very into it. Yeah, so I, I see you guys, you guys did the blended one. I don't really drink blended margaritas. It didn't even occur to me that it was supposed to be blended. So I, I always drink margaritas mm. on the rocks. So that's why I was a little confused with the avocado. Um, but... Uh, this is very, very tasty. I love mine. I'm going to eat my little grapefruit slice Yeah, it's here. very... Um, we have some, like, for some, like, tartness. We have some grapefruit juice in it. Um, we have kind of, like, a, well, for mine and Hannah's, like, a spicy chili lime salt rim, which I think goes very well with the avocado. It's great. Yeah, you can't taste the tequila that much, and I put way more than we were supposed to. I... <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> for um, us. I am I am very this is very, very tasty. Okay, what are we what are we naming it? My first thought was like dreaming of you, Margarita. I like that. I also like the scene. Um the scene where they're driving through the desert and the bus gets like broken down and everything like that mm -hmm. and they meet the, the two guys. Yeah. Um, I feel like that is the moment in this uh, movie that I would most want one of these because it's like cool and refreshing. It was like super hot. Um, and mm. the when they were repeating the line, anything for Selena. I like, I like <laughs> that. 
I like that. <laughs> I think that could be Okay, so do we want to do anything for Selena Margarita or a Big Bertha Margarita? Ooh. Oh. Big Bertha. Is, is there any way to combine Big Bertha with Margarita? I don't think, I don't know if I can, I don't know if we can do that. Big Bertha Rita? That sounds weird. That, that <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't think that really captures the freshness. Oh, wait, wait, what about like, what like, about like Selena Rita? Is that weird? So I will say I like the dreaming of you, Margarita, because the avocado in there makes it a little creamy and like creamy and dreamy to me go Ooh, together America. phonetically and like in terms of a mental image. Mm-hmm, spiritually. Okay. I like dreaming of you, Margarita. Okay. Okay, another cheers. Dreaming of you, Margarita. Cheers to that. Cheers. Mm. This is really good. I don't know what I was think what I was expecting, but that's delicious. Yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, you can't really taste the tequila, so we'll see how this goes. But it's gonna go how's it, <laughs> how it's going to go. Okay, so Selena, some brief history. Um, I mean, this movie is you know about her life and um, her family and just you know the uh, certain conflicts within and mm-hmm. um, especially just it's a biographical movie so instead of like history of her because we're going to like talk about it i just want some information about like the making of the movie and those involved um so yes this was released on march 21st 1997 warner bros gregory nava was the director and the screenwriter um he's also been screenwriters of like a bunch of other things the freedom movie starring uh selma hayek uh he was also a screenwriter for that um the movie is about selena and her family um you know, growing up into stardom, yeah. leading to, spoiler, her death um, at a far too young of an age. And it's it was also produced by, uh, like, her dad, her in real life, uh, Abraham uh, Quintanilla Jr., um, or the second, um, Montezu- Montezuma Esperanza and Robert Katz. Um, like what's something Hannah and I were talking earlier, a lot of things like relate to Selena, her family is still very much involved in and like kind of, you know, has ties with it. So knowing that kind of information, uh, made me excited to like see this movie because then, you know, it's going to be done right. Mm -hmm. Super involved. Some people are critical of that. They think the family controls her image like way too much Mm -hmm. and like only puts forward like the certain image, not only of her, but of them that they want out there. And so there might be some truths obscured there, but, um, but I've listened to a variety of interviews with other members of the family and, um, to hear them talk about things and then to see it in the movie. It's like, it is fun that you know that there's so much like truth in the movie. Um, and there's, you know, all these crazy stories and stuff like that and they you know they did happen mostly um you know the way they the way they were portrayed in the movie so that makes me like it even more yeah and we'll get to it later in the movie but there was a scene that the dad did not want a part of it at all but it was still included interesting Yeah. yeah it was it was interesting for me because i didn't know anything about selena at all like i had physically heard of her as an artist um but i didn't know anything about her or her career or the movie or anything like that. So, um, like coming into, I came into it kind of just like, as like understanding this is a a biopic, but just like, it's a movie, you know? Um, and it was really, it was really interesting. I really, really loved it. Um, and I saw like when I was going through and doing like my notes for everything, 
Um, it got mostly positive reviews, but I was surprised by how, like, kind of low, not low, it's like, I think I have like a 6.10 or 6.1 or whatever out of 10 for, for some, like, critic 6. responses. 6.10? Like 6.10. Is that just, oh, okay. It, it <laughs> is just, like, yeah. yeah is it... Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, what? Um, what are your significant figures, Raven? Yeah. But I was like I was like, uh, I feel like I really like this movie. Um I don't know. I think I think it's really uh it has a really good like message and I f- it feels um very authentic, I think, in in the story that it's trying to tell. And like I feel like the actors and all the people involved with it, like it kind of felt like we're all in this together, like for the right reasons to tell <laughs> the story, you know what I mean? Um, it didn't feel like, you know, like, because I don't know, there's those movies that feel like a cash grab, and this didn't feel like one of those, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And across the board, uh, this movie came out in 1997. I don't remember the last movie I th- I saw that I thought every actor did a fantastic job. Yeah. I was blown away by I, the acting Yes, in this absolutely. Movie. Absolutely. And the, um, Campbell, uh, can you remind me of the name? The actress that played the mom, who I think was also the mom from mm-hmm. the, from, uh, the George Lopez show. Um, yep, Constance I, Marie, who yes. auditioned to be Selena, who's only, I think, three or four years older than Jennifer Lopez. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. They actually had um, over 20,000 people audition to be Selena. They had, like, open auditions and kind of went around the country. Oh, wow. And so she was such an icon that um, it seems like everybody was just so excited to mm-hmm. be part of this movie or to try and be part of this movie. So I think that really contributed to, you know, how good it ended up being, right? It's yeah. like, it just, it wasn't just, like, somebody's paycheck, really. It was, like, people wanted to be part of, like... Telling and expressing the story. story. Well, she she had a huge impact. Like she was. um, uh, Let me find. Let me find my notes here. Um, Oh, I said our word of the day. Let's take a drink. Oh, that's how this game works. I'm about to to say it it again. It is now. I'm about to say it again. Let's take a drink and then we'll take another one. (laughs) Okay. Cheers. Yeah, we just decided that's what we're doing. Um, so she had a, she had a huge impact on the culture and like uh, when I was going through like I saw that kind of she had like a few like nicknames um, and one of her nicknames or titles was like the Tejano drink uh, the Tejano Madonna which I was like that's really cool yeah mm-hmm. especially with like I don't know and we'll talk about it more when we see like the different performances of the movie but like her style yeah what she like brought to you know uh, Selena and the Dinos um what more they could do to really perform. Yeah. It's just, she's just a league of her own. Yeah. And, and Which is now an Amazon series, a league of her own. Oh, that's right. I watched oh, really? the first episode last night. Super gay. It's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> As it should be. I think I'm learning the reason that margaritas are often rimmed with salt and not sugar. Because uh, I have syrup all over my fingers <laughs> from oh, from drinking. No. I I can stick it off for yeah. this glass, and then when we go to uh, do our next drink, I'll just watch commercial break. Well. Yeah. <laughs> are ready to, to dive in? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we start off. Uh, we start off with her at one of her concerts, which I I learned when I was like uh, just looking up around about the movie and stuff. Uh, all of the audio is recordings from her live concert almost all of it i'll, I'll we can point out except for three art. words i believe for three songs no no three no three words and one song the intro part of one song is jennifer lopez um oh. but the rest 
the rest she's lip syncing. She's lip syncing. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you meant um, because the the cumbia medley, the disco medley, and where did the feeling go? Uh, the end credit song. Those songs are actually studio recordings, but everything else oh, okay. was yeah. Gotcha. Everything else was a recording live. from a live concert. Yeah. Cool. And so uh, also, Selena is being played by Jennifer Lopez, yes. who. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of criticisms of Jennifer Lopez, like her music, the actual production of the music is a lot of layering of like other female artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I will always say, she is such a fantastic actor. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. She did so well in this role. Um, this was like one of her major breakout roles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Her actual fe- like feature film breakout role was My Family, also... Um, uh, Gregory Nova was a part of that um, production as well Um, but she's uh, you know a producer a singer she danced a lot she was in so many episodes of In Living Color Mm -hmm. Uh, she danced uh, to background dance for Janet Jackson and there was this one How I Met Your Mother episode that she's in that she's just so funny in She's uh, oh, the character I I Anita, who's all up. She wrote a book about like saying no to men and you can control them. <laughs> yeah, and she's just so <laughs> yes. funny in that episode. But Jennifer Lopez plays Selena in this, and she yeah. just does such an amazing job. She she's so good. Like I I knew Jennifer Lopez uh, in terms of acting more from like Made in Manhattan, like those types of movies. Because yeah. uh, me and my I love rom coms, and me and my sister uh, both like really like that movie and watched it a lot growing up. Um, and I, again, I'd never seen this, this movie before. And so like when I watched it, I was like, I mean, I knew she was an amazing actress and performer, but I was like, this feels just like a whole other level, you know? Yeah. Um, she, she does so, so well in this movie. And I was just like, amazing. And this amazing. is just so early in her career as well. Yeah. Like I, she's a so lot of people here. do think, um, what she did in this movie really started her music career. Mm-hmm. She has said that in an yeah. interview because yeah. I think in that opening scene where they're in the Houston Astrodome, um, they did put, I think, like 10,000 people in there to film the effect. And oh, she wow. was so enamored with that experience that she that was a strong influence in her uh, mm-hmm. starting her music career. I yeah. think it's actually closer to 32,000, all oh. extras unpaid wow. that just were Selena fans that just want to be part of this that's how much they that's love so cool oh that's yeah. so, so cool. we're at the houston astrodome february yeah. 26 1995 i do like how the cinematography is very like documentary style yeah uh, we see some of her family on stage we see her sister suzette who's played by jackie guerra uh, who's been american family uh first time out uh, she's a comedian she's done a lot of good work uh we see the mom constance marie marcella uh, who Angie Lopez, we said before, she's also been in Switched at Birth, and she was a dancer for, uh, oh, David Bowie, uh, Time Will Crawl, like, went on tour for, like, that kind of production, just, you know, more music yeah, kind of yeah, related yeah, yeah. stuff. Uh, we have Chris Perez, oh, no, Chris Perez comes later. Um, we have, uh, AB, uh, played by Jacob Vargas, who's been in Mr. Iglesias, Sons of Anarchy, Max Steele, which is a show from my youth. I thought I was like a fever dream. It's one of those shows you're like, oh my God, that existed. And no one talks about it. Yeah. That's one of those. And then uh, the dad is played by Edward James Olmos, who's just been in mm-hmm. like, honestly everything. Everything. Uh, Mayans, uh, Battlestar Galactica, 
Uh, he was like directed, acted. He's Gaff in Blade Runner. Just they just do such a good job. Every actor in this. Yeah. But I definitely always feel that like those like familiar resemblances and like ties and interactions, especially amongst like this these five actors mm-hmm. who some of them are part of the band, some of them are just you know still a part of the music and recording backstage. So we're introduced. Briefly, we kind of see them in this beginning scene. Yeah. And I think Chris probably was on stage at this point also. Oh, Chris probably was. Chris Perez, uh, played by John Cena, who's been in... He's Antonio Dawson in a million episodes of Chicago PD, Chicago Fire. Yeah. Uh, He's Romano in Gladiator. He's in the Pacific. Uh, Really, really, really talented actor. And who is longtime friends, John Cena is with Chris Perez. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think they all did a really fantastic job. Like it, they really um, felt like a sort of a family, and uh, like throughout throughout all of their character performances. And I, I know I know we already talked about uh, Jennifer Lopez a little bit, but in this first performance, um, the thing I really love is a cover artist in general who can really make the song and the music their own. And this yeah. is like a dual layer of that because this first like disco medley. Selena really makes that her own and like uh, as she's singing like you're hearing her performance um, you can really see her influence on the songs even though the songs aren't originally hers and then watching Jennifer Lopez perform as her even though she's not singing like even with the dancing and that the stage presence like yeah she's you know resembling Selena and trying to like kind of embody her a little bit but that's still her performing it and I think there's both of them as artists do a fantastic job like adapting the music and just being performers and artists and how like the talent that's required to do that successfully for both of them yeah but like from like Gloria Gaynor yeah, yeah. Like, how dare you yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> like these what are, these are big songs and big artists like these are big shoes to fill too. last dance isn't like a karaoke song no. that you're just casually singing you to don't just bust that out people. <laughs> like, no. yeah and like just you can definitely see from how the fans the people in the audience are just like so about everything that's going on and just the air selena like exuded yeah while she performed and that's like one of the many reasons while like you know millions of people fell in love with her yeah 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 absolutely and that outfit i mean we cannot move on from that scene without talking about the <laughs> oh. glitter jumpsuit that, with the flare raven bottom. why don't you have a glitter jumpsuit i need and it like in a, life. like in either like and the boots a, like in a yes. garnet or a mauve Ooh, oh, I love a mauve. Yeah. I love a mauve. And I, I'm really curious. That's why curious. I see it for you. I'm really curious. I want to, I, I should look it up later, but um, the styling uh, for the movie, like, I'm really curious how they did it. Like, if, if like, some of these, if any of these are, like, her old costumes or anything like that, I don't know if that might be weird. Um, or if they just, like, completely recreated them. Like, like how they how they went about the process, you know? You, if you think that's weird, to like kind of get more into the role, Jennifer Lopez slept in Selena's bed, so I don't know oh, how much you can like... That's interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe. My uh, guess is that they recreated clothes, um, yeah. because I know some of Selena's clothes are in the Smithsonian. Oh, interesting. Um, and then her family um, uh, put together and continues to run to this day 
a museum in her honor in Corpus Christi that has a lot of her like iconic outfits on display there. And so I'm guessing for the movie they maybe wouldn't have wanted to like actually use those yeah. like yeah. film take after take and stuff like that. That um, makes sense. But uh, for but us, they did a really great job like yes. replicating them. I think but that's one of the reasons I love Selena too is the clothes. For us and our listeners, if you want to learn more about that, the costume design was done by. Il- uh, Elisabetta Beraldo. So oh, cool. cool. That's so cool. Check her out. Talented. Yeah. So then we kind of go back in time to Corpus Christi, Texas in 1961, and we see the band The Dinos, mm-hmm. which was her father's band back in the day, and the character, the actors playing like young Abe and things like that. So we have Pinchito Gomez, uh, young Abe, who... He was the first child performer to receive billing and credits for Sesame Street. <laughs> really? Whoa. <That's> wild. <laughs> wild. We have uh, Richard Coco, uh, play, uh, who plays Bobby Dinos, Bobby from the Dinos, um, who's been in a bunch of movies like Truth About Cats and Dogs and a bunch yep. of other stuff. And then we have George Perez, who played Seth, um, who is classically trained in ballet and modern jazz. He was discovered by Kenny Ortega, who is unfortunately most notably known for the High School Musical, which (laughs) is a funny thing to say. And he's not most notably, he's not best known for that, but that was, it was just a joke. It's just a joke, listeners. Just a joke. Take a joke. (laughs) Um, But he was discovered by Kenny Ortega, um, and like specifically for Elton John's music video, A Word in Spanish. Interesting. So, oh. so those are the Dinos. Yeah. Los Dinos. Their voices are heavenly. They, they had other singing voices. I, I really want to know. That's something I was, I was wondering um, for all of the singing. Um, well, I, I guess it's mostly Selena, but um, for them, like, who, who are the, because like the, the, the song, uh, the song that they're singing. Oh, no. We, I we take that back. Them. I'm pretty sure they are the singing voices for them. There, there is uh, other Dinos in the 1990s played by different actors. Gotcha. My mistake. Sorry, Los Dinos. I did not mean to insult you like that. <laughs> Do you mean, wait, you're because we're talking about the, the barbershop scene, right? Yeah, this, yeah, in the 1960s, what we're seeing. Gotcha. They're the only ones credited as the singing voices. However, in IMDb, the young Selena, the actual singing voice isn't credited on there, but we'll talk um. about that. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, so we, we see them, and they, they have their audition set up. We see them rehearsing for the audition. Um, just doing rock and roll. Yeah, and the, just the, the, the melding of their voices and the harmony, amazing. Um, and so they go to the audition, or they, or they show up for the audition, and the guy's just, like, being racist. Um, and it's just like, well, I... Brian Fulton. Yeah, and it's like, well, I don't want them to, like, perform here or to audition here because they're Mexican. I thought they were going to be Italian. Um, and so he sends them on their way with, like, ten bucks as, like, a, mm-hmm. oh, like, you know, here's who coming coming all the way out here and stuff like that. Um, so they're just like, fuck you. And, uh, you know, rip up the check and everything. Um, and I think... I think this scene is interesting because I know, Campbell, we had talked a little bit about... Um, how this movie talks about like identity and um the impact of like identity and Mm -hmm. and culture and language and music and all of that um and i think this scene is interesting because later on we see 
the dad talking about how difficult it is to be Mexican American, um, and how, you know, like you're you're not American enough for the Americans, and you're not Mexican enough for the Mexicans. Um, and I think this scene is like is a perfect beginning to to representing that um, into into sort yeah. of showing that in the film um, because we see we see like the treatment that um, that people like the Dinos um, experienced when they tried to, to branch out and start their career and, and establish themselves in the industry. Um, and it's, I think that also explains part of why Selena was such a big cultural icon and why she had such a big impact because there was a, a need for that, you know, level of representation. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. And to me, it's just like another good reminder of how recent uh the history was of segregation i mean texas was segregated at that time right so there were like three different schools for like the white kids the black kids and the brown kids and her dad you know who is just who is still alive i believe to this day he was released a couple years ago um yeah it's like that was very much part of his lifetime and stuff like that and so i think yeah that that was my kind of takeaway from that scene So then they go to perform at uh, a club, uh, uh, which I was the Lermas nightclub, which is the longest running uh, live conjunto music venue in Central and South Texas. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, real place. And they are trying to do kind of their rock and roll style music. And the people... At that establishment, not you fans. Not like it. Not fans. <laughs> They're like, we want to fucking dance. <laughs> we do not want do up. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and which honestly, fair. It's like I get it. Um, like there, there are different styles of dance. There, there are perhaps styles of dance that you could do to that music. But you know what? Sometimes we just want to, we just want to move. We just want to groove. We want to jam, mm-hmm. and we're not, we're not feeling the slow jams. We're not feeling them. Yeah. So they are promptly kicked out, and then we see twenty years later. I don't know why I said later like that. Later, twenty years, we see that you know uh, Abe is working and he has a family, and you can very much tell that he has not left this dream. Yeah. At all. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, uh, and I think that's such a such a really cool thing that they show throughout the movie is when his dedication to music and how much it's a passion and, and a driving sort of force for him, but also how that then influences Selena um, and how yeah. their relationship and their bond builds her passion and her love of music um, and her love of performing. And I really love, like there are a couple places that I wrote this down, but I really love um, just the dynamic that they have. And he's such a wholesome and like, good dad and like really just wants the best for his kids and really is trying to like you know push her forward and support her and support the family um and i think it's really cool the way we get to the way he um edward james almost like performs that character Mm -hmm. um and just lets that sort of shine through and i do think it's also interesting what they do a really good job in this movie because it's so complex of a character that he plays because he's always towing the line between this is someone with truly a gift that needs to be shared with the world. How can I support her? Versus, I have an idea what this needs to be. This is what I want for my life. So this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like, onto my children kind of thing. And it does, like, definitely shift when he fully accepts when Selena 
I think there's a point in the movie that she's like fully, not to say that she never had this dream or this dream was solely someone else's, but when she fully makes it her own, like she has done with these covers, this music yeah. and like this performing, but it gets to a point where he's then on board with it too. And it's just harmonious. Yeah. Like in the family. Yeah. And I, I think no I, pun intended. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I know the moment sort of that you're talking about. I think, I think that'd be really cool to talk about when we get there. Um, and like, and like, yeah, discuss that. Uh, here i i love seeing the so we see like the family like playing together and he's off Mm -hmm. in the shed um and playing uh like seeing he's playing the guitar and singing the song i think it's the song we belong together um that sort serves um we hear that song like a lot throughout the entire movie i think it's um i think it's the song that's playing as the credits begin to play like at the very very end um when they're talking about like the impact that she had and everything um and we hear her perform it like a few times uh, and hear her perform throughout, this, uh, throughout the movie. Um, and she like comes over and we see them like, you know, singing together and having this sort of like moment together um, where I think we hear her sing for the first time and amazing. Her voice is so beautiful, right. you know? Yes. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, this, this, yeah, this girl is amazing. She's like, she's going to be a star. <laughs> Yeah, so young Selena is played by Becca Lee Mesa, um, but the singing voice is actually Jennifer Pena, who mm-hmm. is an American Tejano Latin pop singer who sold millions of records internationally. Um, she is native to Texas and was raised in Corpus Christi, the singer for young Selena, and yeah. um, was under management by Abraham Quintanilla Jr., Oh, nice. Interesting. So Selena's okay. dad. Yeah, so Selena's dad yeah. was yeah. the singing voice for young Selena. That's really cool. Was managed her for a long time. Yeah. And then the other young siblings, we have Rafael Tamayo was young AB, and Victoria Elena Flores was young Suzette. Mm. Um, and you said you said the singing voice and the, the actress for young Selena were different, right? Different people. Yeah, so the actor was Becca Lee Mesa and then the singing voice was Jennifer Pena. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh I think similar to honestly Jennifer Lopez, I I think the the uh young girl, I think she did a great job performing. Oh, Selena. absolutely. Um and like you could you could tell that the a little bit that um that the audio that the voice was dubbed, but like she still did a really good job just like lip syncing and like performing and sort of like the yeah, like yeah. embodying. Um and I know like a lot of times in film, um, I've heard that it's like really difficult to work with kids and just like it's I mean, it's harder for kids to, you know, be as good as adults at things in general. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, second kids. I say after I like crush this three year old in basketball. I'm better than you. Uh, but like I think all the kids like uh, all of the young kids like did such a great job like um, and especially her like just, like building that relationship and showing that relationship with her dad um, the scenes with Edward James Almost I just think it's um, they're just so much talent so good amazing loved it yeah yeah and based off this he's like I'm gonna make a family band and gets a lot of like yeah. secondhand instruments and tells them okay so you're playing the drums you're playing the bass you're singing this is what we're doing from now on. And they're like, we don't want to sing like this lame ass music. <laughs> yeah. Come on, get with the times, old man. And yeah, I mean, she... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, just, I just remember hearing how much, you know, she wanted to be singing like 
Joan Jett and Janet Jackson mm-hmm. and Madonna. She wanted all that like pop stuff exactly. and her dad and starts with like this like fifties and sixties music. It's just kind of like, oh dad, like you're no forcing us to, to practice this, this stuff that we hate. Yeah. Um, the the thing then, I oh sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh the thing I thought was interesting oh, no, breaking up is that I feel like he did it, or at least they didn't show it, him, like, just teaching them how to play the instruments. He kind of just showed up, or at least in that movie, he kind of just showed up, gave them the instruments, and it was just like, play these! And it's just, like, lessons, videos, something, books. <laughs> like... <laughs> Wait, this is pre-YouTube. Like... <laughs> Like and I mean, uh, it, I was just like these. These gotta be some talented kids to to learn how to play all these instruments. I mean, um, obviously, <laughs> obviously. I mean, music runs in their blood. So, yeah. And then the wife Marcella is not really happy about this because she had her dream for the family. It's you know being stable, having this house. Uh, she was with her husband when he was trying to do this music dream. And that's not the life she wanted to live. Yeah. Him always, you know, not being there. She, she was just, you know, He missed not the about birth it. of one of the children because he was on tour yeah. and yeah. their money was unstable and yeah. stuff like that. And he, he assures her it'll just be a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well um, and, then, and then things like sort of get worse when, uh, so we, we see them like opening a restaurant after this, like he like gets the idea. Um, and I think with all of these scenes, like you really get to see their relationship build and um, mm-hmm. uh, see the two actors pro- portray their relationship. I think they do it so well. Um, we see him get the idea to open a restaurant because he's like, there's no... Papagayos. Yeah, Papa there's Yo-Yos. no... <laughs> there's it no, did look like a Y. There's no... It did look like a Y. There's no Mexican restaurants in the area. You know, like, there'll be so much... Uh, white people demand. love Mexican food. White people love Mexican... White people love Mexican food. It's we have, true! We have, four, we have four Mexican restaurants in Harrisonburg. Maybe maybe one more. I might be missing one. Um, and, and so they open the restaurant and we see the Selena and the Dinos uh, performing at the restaurant... Again, voice beautiful, somewhere over mm-hmm. the rainbow. We love it. Um, and we see all of them, like, like the, the tension sort of building a little bit in the relationship of, like, money is unstable. How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to do this? You know? Marcella is just like, okay, we can do this, but you're not better not quit your job. And he's like, okay, I'm not going to quit my job. They do it. He quits his job. And just like, really puts a lot on his wife like during this because now she's running a restaurant yeah trying to do the books yeah you're crushing it but like that's a lot of work to just suddenly have to do you know yeah oh my god restaurants my dad owned restaurants growing up and they're insane they're so insane yeah (laughs) and they're 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 the highest like like over like industry overturn or whatever like Mm -hmm. lowest retention yeah 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 Yeah. and she tells him she doesn't care about the money um her dream her, like, was stability, security, and she was like, you promised me this, and, like, walks away. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. cold. Yeah. Well, and she's the daughter of uh, migrant farm workers, and yeah. so stability and security was not a feature of her childhood. And yeah. so then to, you know, have that for a certain time as an adult and be able to give that to her children, and then to have it go away, I mean, like, I understand her anger. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And I think she really plays the role of the loving and devoted like wife and mother who is hardworking and and does want to support your ideas and does want to see the family succeed and does want to see all of these things happen but at the same time it's like okay but like 
there are issues here and like they're stressed and like we don't have all the money for this and like how are we gonna like what's the future gonna look like um and i think she just plays that role really well um and we really get to see all the dynamics of that in their relationship and then this is also kind of where we see that young selena absolutely loves being on stage yes yeah she loves it she loves it and then but then we go to uh abe is you know writing music things like this he's like selena i want you to sing in spanish and she was like i don't know spanish and he's you know going through that process like well here's how it sounds here's what the words mean it like doesn't sound very good in english but in spanish it sounds beautiful and i think it's i don't know i don't know it's so I, i really really like this scene yeah because the for the ability for music a lot of the time to like transcend like language Mm -hmm. and but also people's cultures and language being able to take something that's such a universal like music and add that their own like distinction to it which is like when you hear songs being sung in like different languages and stuff i just really really like this scene yeah yeah i agree and i thought it was really cool watching him teach her like how to roll her r's and like how to pronounce Mm -hmm. the word um because something something that i just think is really cool in general is the the intersection of or the importance of language and culture like how how much uh culture influences language and, and sort of creates language um and so seeing him teach her like this is physically how you perform this how you how you speak our language you know um, i just thought that was a really cool moment to like highlight in, in just a person's life you know yeah. yeah well and i think because you know she is mexican-american but didn't grow up speaking spanish and then learned it at a later age and spoke imperfectly as we'll see you know later on in the movie mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that i've heard about from interviews with other fans where they're just like they so appreciate her for that right yeah. because it's like there are so many people who have this experience of, you know, having this heritage but not being taught the language for various reasons mm-hmm. that mostly have to do with white supremacy. And so yeah. then, like, people who, like, were in um, her position of not knowing the language of their parents or grandparents necessarily are, like, looked down upon, you know, potentially by their own family even. And it becomes really hard to, like, learn that language and you don't grow up speaking a language you're probably gonna speak it imperfectly to some extent right forever and but she was this person that everybody loved even though she didn't speak spanish perfectly yeah and um so it just is like it's such an inspiring story i feel like that's something i keep coming back to it's like Mm -hmm. everything she did just was so inspiring and like what an important role she played in society and yeah this scene like starts it off yeah and i think that's um I think that's actually an interesting theme overall for this movie is showing how Selena sort of balanced the the dual identities of being Mexican American mm-hmm. and then Mexican American just as its own separate sort of entity um, yeah. or, or identity rather. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then we see uh, the restaurant is not a great place. They're mm-hmm. very much fuck Reagan. And I'm like, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they end up having to move in with family, selling their house. And uh, I felt so bad for the mom. Yeah. And just because yeah. she just takes a moment, says goodbye to, like, you know, that stability that, like, they've worked so hard to get. But she, you know, takes that breath and she's very much, okay, what do we do, need to do next? She is there for her family, which 
is just awesome. So then the dad starts giving them gigs, and so they are at this kind of carnival, um, you know, performing to a smattering of applause. <laughs> yeah. And then we kind of see that Abe is pretty uh, critical of the kids at first, and this is where we start to see the balance of both parents. Like, you know, of course they're always invested in, like, you know, what their kids are doing. Yeah. But uh, the balance that they are then trying to achieve if this is, it's like, okay, so if this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. So how are they balanced? And Abe is just being very critical of the kids, and Marcella's just like, they are children, they did fine. Yeah. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah, and um, and she's just like, hey, like, let's really think about what we're doing to our children. <laughs> like, I understand. Yes, she's talented. They're all talented. They're great kids. They're wonderful. We love them. Um, and because we love them, what what are we doing here? What is the purpose yeah. of this? Um, and like, I, I at this point, and I was having a little bit of a hard time like rooting for the dad because I was just like. This is clearly hard on them. And like, and to your point earlier, Campbell, like this was before it felt like Selena was like bought in herself to, oh, to totally. really wanting to do this. And so it's just like, um, if they don't want to be doing it and it's causing all of this strain, like maybe it's okay to let them move on to something else. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think it's interesting managing that balance I guess like I've never been a parent and I'm terrified of moments of that like like that as a parent of like do we do you push your kid to like you know be great at something and to and to make themselves better and stuff like that um or you know do do you say like maybe this isn't healthy for you you know terrifying and it, it is really hard but we do see with the dad at the same time is balancing with just like no like i've i've worked in this space i've like seen plenty of people like fail at this yeah but i've never seen someone as special as her and she's just gonna be can't let this talent like go to waste Mm -hmm. and when they're all kind of sitting on their stairs he was like yeah we can high like we can try hard we gotta want it but we can do it because this is how special this is. Yeah. So that kind of like encouragement is really is what's like needed in that balancing. Yeah. And at that kind of point, um, I think is also a good opportunity where they bring more into like, what is this music about? What is this family mm-hmm. kind of about? When the mom's like, starts teaching you want to teach dance. you how to dance? Like the cumbia? Oh, yeah. And yeah. That she was just such a cool moment. crushes it. Yes. Uh, and that was it was such a just a cool machine. just a cool cute mother like mother daughter moment of like teaching her how to do the dance, um, and then we see her like then incorporating that into her performance um, as they like continue performing at like all these carnivals or fairs and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, that that was really really cool. Yeah. Um, so then we jump forward and we see I think now teenage Selena. I think this is the yes. the yeah. performance she's where she's like in all denim. Here. Yeah. Yes. This is the scene. We're this here. This is the scene. We're here. This is the scene. We've arrived. When El Paso, Texas, nineteen eighty nine, she's seventeen years old. She's performing uh Baila Esa Cumbia. And Ooh, let me tell nice. you about this all denim look. It tell is incredible. It. Tell us about all it. All about it. All about it. And I then when really she like takes the jacket off and then has that, you know, bedazzled. beaded bedazzled uh bra. Yeah. Um I'm like all in. Which I think it's so funny because the mom is like, oh, it's one of those things. It's like a bralette, you know, like like the like the girls wear. I'm like, that is fully, and she admits to it later, that is fully a bra yeah, that you it. bought and, and bedazzled. Like, 
but with some glitter, but it's cute. it becomes it's a bustier. <laughs> it's cute. It's cute, and it works, and she rocks it, and that's what matters. Yeah, yeah my notes, so much fun. The denim is everything. That bra is sick. Jam so hard. Yeah. And I do, this is also one of the part of the times where we really see truly, like, her personality and how it really doesn't change ever. Yeah. When, like, that little kid wants to dance on stage and she was like, no, bring all the kids She's like, yeah, here. let them, yeah. That's what music is about. This is, that's what this song is about because it's, like, you know, referencing that's what this that, podcast like, is music about. that music her education. mom uh, taught her. Oh, yeah, music education is everything. Check out uh, all of our nonprofits that we work with. Yep, they'll be ads. The, the links are there. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, I, lo- I love how this scene is immediately after her mom teaching her to dance because this is, you know, when she's really, you know, taking what she's learned, her family, what she loves and honors, mm-hmm. like, in her life and her experiences, and she's truly just sharing it with the world, sharing the stage with the world. Yeah. But yeah. that denim look. Incredible. So, so I could good. get over it. So good. Um, and we see um like after the concert we see her dad like making a big deal about the about the bedazzled bra and everything um and getting upset with it but i actually think it's interesting we get a cutaway scene um where he's going to like collect the money uh for her performance and the guy sh- and basically he's like we got less money than we should have like why like she has all these fans, you know what I mean? Um, and the guy's just like, well, what did you expect? Like, she's just a woman and blah, blah, blah. Um, and earlier, her mom had made a comment about um, basically the style of music that Selena is kind of doing and in and, and their culture. Um, that's a very male-dominated industry, a very male-dominated field. So she was like, she's not going to get very far because she's a woman. And we see an example of that here. Um, and I think that's interesting, like that then pairing with her dad being upset about the bra, um, yeah. and like worried about her being like over-sexualized and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's so cute how he apologized then, like they sort of yeah. made that up, you know. In classic family fashion, the child goes up to the parent that's mad at them. Are you still mad? <laughs> Are you still mad? Little me. <laughs> little <old> me. <laughs> I'm precious. Don't be mad. I'm adorable. Look at this face. <laughs> yes. A joy and a delight. Um, yeah. And he's like, you know, definitely comes to term with it. And at this point is where we really see that kind of, you know, hands the ball over. That yeah. shift mm-hmm. in um, that kind of, like, motivating force. Like, of course, he still has his opinions. He's yep. still, you know, looking at what's best for this kind of traje- trajectory. But she really takes the reins at this point. Yeah, we see uh, that like re- uh, affirmation sort of of her identity, and she's now. This is when she sort of also starts to take control more of her own costuming and styling and stuff like that. She starts like getting more into yeah. fashion. Um, uh, so like we we have the bus breakdown. Yes, yeah, so, uh, we get to the bus breakdown scene. But they're on tour. And this is yes. where it definitely shows you know her impact really for the yes. first time. She's yeah. become very famous locally. You yes. wrecked my right. car. This is the best day I've ever had. Yeah. I'm gonna hang my bump, my uh, hanging bumper on the wall as a as a memorial to the snow. Selena. Yeah. Anything for Selena. <laughs> Which is a great opportunity to plug another podcast called Ooh. Anything for Selena, and it's an NPR affiliated podcast, and it there's episodes in both English and Spanish, and it's awesome. I, I like listen to it. Well, re-listen to it over the last couple days. 
um, just because it's so good. And it really talks more about like her impact, um, uh, like more generally and why she was so beloved and stuff like that. So if you're a fan of the Selena movie and a fan of podcasts generally, which of course you are, um, listening to this one, I cannot recommend it highly enough. And they, uh, it's very cool. They got all the rights to, um, they got a lot of music rights for the podcast, oh, so the story is told nice. really well and with the music side by side. So Ooh, can't the dream, it highly the enough. dream, Raven, yeah. isn't love it? Love that. Uh, if we were only a podcast that had a profit or did anything for money, yeah. or had money backing us, <laughs> instead of just you know two friends and a pocket full of dreams and a liver that should be checked regularly, <laughs> pocket full of dreams. I love that. I love the plug. Yeah, we should. Uh, we can link that in the description. Uh, so that'll be there if people want to check it out. Um, yeah, so they have the they have the bus breakdown. She gets she gets recognized, um, and we see her drawing like her little outfit designs and stuff, um, and she she the something that I noticed was that she and the the actress that plays young Selena they kind of have the same like voice affectation a little bit. Um, like I I don't know I don't I don't know what like Selena's real voice sounds like, so I don't know. Um, like how much they were trying to like mimic her voice specifically uh, or like her affectations or whatever or specifically um but i just i just thought it was really interesting how i think they did a pretty good job of like blending a little bit or bridging yeah. like the young actress and uh the adult like jennifer lopez actress yeah well i think generally j-lo does such a great job of like acting like a girl even because selena has this thing where when she's on stage she's got this crazy voice and it's like kind of mature even and this incredible stage presence and then yeah. off screen you watch her interact with her dad and you're reminded that she is indeed like 17 18 yeah, in these a teenager. Yeah. yeah she's so yeah. young and yeah i thought jayla did a great job with that yeah that was that was just really really cool um and oh and, and speaking of acting like a teenage girl we get to the hot guitar guy auditions oh, um yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so chris perez played by john cd again uh and it's just so so funny this entire sequence because one he auditions playing you know heavy metal music yeah. and the dad's like that's not the music we play but you know uh ab and like you know people are like no you you need to understand the talent required to play this type of music. <laughs> Instrumentally, like heavy yes. metal music is yes. insane. Yes. Uh, speaking of heavy metal music and, and guitar music in general, our friend Trevor Dyke, um, who has guested on this podcast as well, uh, Mother Long Tongue, go check their music out. Like he, uh, me and him have talked a lot because he's way, way, way better at the guitar than I probably will ever be because it's not it's not my instrument of choice um but he's talked a lot about like how like they're getting in music theory we talked about that in our interview with them but like the to be able to play music like this like that he plays during this like during this sort of like audition um just crazy crazy levels of technique of dedication of like like practicing over and over scales over and over like hours and hours and hours and it's just like he's crushing it like just crushing it, shredding, if you will. Yes, and also kind of during like these scenes where they're like, okay, cut your hair, and then you can join the band. Yeah. We also see that their friend Rock Sarah, played by Alex Menissus, who originally was cast for Suzette, but the family had a problem with that. But she was such a good actor that they were like, you will be this character in the movie. So she was also been Jane the Virgin. 
uh, telenovela. Everybody loves Raymond. Uh, she like produced Damn to Heaven, which is yeah. this documentary about like the Mormon Church. Um, but I thought it was really cool. It's just like you know, I always look at biographies and stuff of like all the actors. But when I believe she was in high school, she saw West Side Story, and she was inspired to be an actor because of Rita Moreno, who it's just Aww. it's just Rita Moreno, who's just like you know incredible. Oh, nice. Love yeah. So she's introduced kind of in this little section. Yeah. While Suzette gives a great haircut. Yes, Fantastic haircut. <laughs> he, they, like, hot guitar guy. He looked great. He looked great. Campbell, do you remember being back in, like, third grade and having, like, music class and learning to play the recorder and, like, hot cross buns? Fun fact. So, you know, I know a lot of wind instruments. I physically was mm -hmm. not able to play the recorder. My teacher told me just to stand there at the concert. But, yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> that's so, wait, that's so... That's so sad. It's okay. I can play the bassoon. I've gotten over it. I don't feel bad about it. That's fair, I suppose. Okay, well, we'll, we'll move on. Put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> put, put a pin in that. Boop. Um, so, unfortunately enough, uh, there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And that's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education. Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full-time. So, Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn uh, specifically about music. And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. Nailed out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodario Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, and support new innovation in music education. You can learn more and donate at www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. Hey there, listeners. Pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. 
Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school, keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more. Speaking of coming of age, film, biopic, stages of life. Cheers. Let's get back to Selena. Cheers, Cheers with drink number two. Yes. I've a little also... more grapefruit juice in mind this time. Oh, I also put more tequila on this one. So, And I've also doubled it for myself. So Nice. We, I'm not we trying see, to keep up. <laughs> we, we're here for it. We stand. Oh, you have like things to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I need to be able to walk out of here. Oh, my hours. thing to do after this is lay on the couch and finish the movie. Because I was rewatching it right before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, isn't so that I think that's a, such a good testament to this movie mm-hmm. that you already watched it, took your notes. You're like, okay, you know, I'll be watching some for the podcast. Podcast is done. I gotta finish the movie. I gotta again. finish the movie. It's so good. <laughs> like honestly, my only real criticism of the movie, I think, is that like the timing, sometimes like the pacing, sometimes feels weird. Of like what parts of her life it they show been a at three what hour time movie. and what. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. I also feel like, I mean, this is just my personal preference. I like Selena's clothes so much and the music so much that I was like, mm, I wish we could have, like, reduced some of the time spent on family drama and increased the time on, like, Her how fashion. they came up with some of the songs and, like, mm, recorded yeah. that and stuff like that. Even in, like, montages yes, that just yeah. have the music in the back that wouldn't require Jeffrey Lopez to have to, like, lip sync or anything yeah. like that. Just, yeah, like, like in the background. There's a Like, when it was on somewhere. the radio. Uh, actually, it's around this part of the movie that we're talking about when uh, the hot tar guy. Uh, why do I keep calling him that? What is his name? Chris. Um, Chris, Chris Perez. Perez. <laughs> Which also, can we say how cool? Like that dude is strapped. Oh yeah. Hot sauce on the belt. Hot sauce. <laughs> and if there's anything I will say about this movie is Holstered. how good hot sauce is on pizza. Every time we get pizza, uh, he there's this like I, I think it's called like yellow bird or yellow sparrow mm-hmm. or some kind of. Uh, hot sauce that we always have and every time we get the pizza Alex always like you want your bird sauce I was like absolutely I do either that yeah. or hot honey hot honey love hot honey love like pepper jellies and stuff like that. so yeah, that hot right. sauce hot sauce Big on fan. pizza is what he does um and there was something specifically like a thing he was going to say. Oh, yeah. But to, to your earlier point, he makes a note about um, when he's talking about their music and their musical style and stuff like that. Um, he makes a note of like, oh, I see the influences of like Kumbia and like, you know, like your brother has a really good sort of knack, basically, um, for like putting this music together and stuff like that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool. It's like, cool, like show us a scene like where we get to like see that process um, and actually yeah. learn a little bit about that. Like, I think it's just really cool to see the behind the scenes almost like that but i don't know i don't know if that just wasn't the direction they were going to trying to go in with the movie but i think that would have been cool yeah Yeah, i mean like the family drama stuff is really easily accessible to everyone right Mm -hmm. and maybe more of the like yeah the 
maybe the music producing stuff would reach a smaller, be interesting to a smaller audience, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know, but I do. I think it's so cool that her brother did like most of the production and also wrote most of the music as well. And mm-hmm. like, and you know, and that she could have been highlighted more in this yeah. movie. Like, yeah. Is it in the Netflix show? It is more highlighted in the Netflix show. Good yeah, they just have more time. It's two seasons of a Netflix show, so they get into more of the songs and stuff yeah. like that. And and listening to interviews with the family members about the process of like, I mean, we're about to come to. Um, Como La Flor, and, you know, the, like, the process of coming up with that song, and, like, the little plastic flowers mm-hmm. at the concerts, and they mm-hmm. were like, you know, how can we talk, write a song? The cow that? print? Floor yeah. Plastico. Oh, the cow like, print. No. <laughs> That's, yeah. The cow like, print. Uh, that, that was literally my next note, was like, yes, girl, step up the production quality, because now we see her, like, the, <laughs> the little outfit that she was kind of sketching out and designing earlier, we see it fully realized now and she's performing she's got her hair done up and like back in this really cool bun um and i really love how she has like the bralette and jacket combo because earlier her dad was just like just keep a jacket on like have the jacket but open so you can see the yes you can see yeah. the little bra but just like don't just be out here honestly, with like no shirt on but and it's so honestly cute. great note it's so cute it's so cute great make, note. make yeah. him a stylist i love it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but honestly, especially, like, throughout this movie, and we know, like, other people um, that the dad has worked with, he truly is a man who can do it all. Yeah. He can produce, he can manage, he can write, he can sing, he can perform. Mm -hmm. Like, dang. And, And something that I love about that, I don't know, I really love seeing one wholesome family uh, presentations like this, especially wholesome, like, father, daughter, or just, like, father in general, like, presentations. Um, And I think especially, like, this being in the music industry, like, there are a lot of not-so-wholesome family relationships that exist in the music industry, especially with, like, uh, very high-profile, like, pop stars and stuff like that. And I just... It was just really cool, like, really nice seeing how much they love each other and like how they like all work together like the scene where she's telling her mom about her her crush on the on the on chris Um, and it's so cute and like you really see like jennifer lopez does so well in that scene and so does um uh, carmen costas marie Marie. thank you carmen is the daughter in george lopez not it's angie is the mom angie is the mom you're correct and they're only like three or four years apart so the you know the testament to their acting to be able to have this like uh mother daughter rapport and be like oh he is really cute and when she's like you know laying on her lap when she's crying and she's like you know consoling her daughter later in the movie it's just it's just acting is just so good yeah and i think it's i do think it's kind of uh, funny slash cool slash uh interesting costuming how they have constance marie like done up and she has that sort of like 80s i guess like suburban sort of like house housewife mom like mm-hmm. look um with like, it's the like wig and the, and the costuming haircut yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and they do manage to to kind of age her a little bit but she's she's still young and beautiful so yeah <laughs> it's, it's very much like what they do in this is us yeah. on NBC because the mom is played by Mandy Moore and so mm-hmm. like when they're back when they're all babies or little kids it's just oh. you know Mandy Moore yeah. but like in the future which when it's like you know 30 40 years later it's still Mandy Moore and they just you know <laughs> make up and stuff like that and <laughs> yeah. that I think exact haircut perhaps <laughs> um, and it's just like you're younger than the chill like your adult actor yeah. children and yeah. like we know it but like you know what we're just gonna ignore it because you're really good at doing this and we're just really into what's going on here 
And you know what's something that's like literally just occurring to me? Like, why don't... <laughs> it could don't... be anything. <laughs> why don't we cast an older actor for stuff like that? Like, in the same way we cast a younger... Like, we just cast a younger actor to play young Selena. Why don't they no, wait, ever wait, just... wait, 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 wait. Older actors and actresses don't have value. Older than just, you know, no, we're old, no one's Well, older time. don't exist after after 35. After 35, you're once, once, you know, no <laughs> longer bearing a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After Are you can really no longer there? be a vessel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you're no longer an incubator, like, I mean... How are you supposed to, you know, do a job professionally? Well, well, some of them host talking cooking shows. And so if you're cooking or talking about cooking or cleaning, then you're allowed to continue to exist. You're allowed oh, to In your wheelhouse. Like Absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That, this is making a lot of sense. Um, I hate life. <laughs> Isn't it great? Isn't uh, it grand? Isn't it? Um, so, so I, much. I was kind of talking about this earlier, but uh, we get to the scene where they're in the car. They're um, is it after the to... kiss? Yes, this is you, after the kiss. Talking. Did you want to, did you want to talk about the kiss with the scene? I was just like, oh no, she's getting it on. She's like, you know what? I want some of that. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, we got fun and games, which always plays in the background once when like Chris is doing something super hot, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm here for it. I like how they took. It was like, it's definitely a musical theme for him mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with Selena. It's just like, yeah. what is just like a raunchy rock song that <laughs> I want you, the audience, to know us as a cast, as a production, yeah. as a film, are also feeling it. Yeah. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. And this is where and this is where I get interested in how they manage how people that make biopics or biopics, I'm never I'm never sure how to pronounce it. Um how they navigate portraying a real person in many cases one that is still alive mm-hmm. um because like they with chris like they fully play him into that like bad boy like rocker like you know hot guitar guy you know um and he really didn't see the movie like he went to the premiere and he said for most of it because i mean this is about you know like his wife who has tragically died yeah. and he, like, had his eyes closed for a lot of it because it was just so painful. And then, like, decades later, I think it was, like, a Facebook Live event that he <gasps> watched it with people, like, finally. Oh, um, yeah. And then when it got to that scene, the end, he was just like, okay, we're done. Um, yeah. we'll but, like, yeah. for a long time, he wouldn't watch this movie. Yeah. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Well, it's like what she died. I'm sure you have it written down, Campbell, in your extensive notes. But ninety four, ninety five, ninety five, and this um, movie was March thirty first, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it's only been two years. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like, oh, it's shocking yeah. to me that her family was able to like do this at the time. And I know they were like very involved in like yeah. the casting and stuff. I mean, you know, everybody grieves differently, and I think one of the ways that their family has grieved and they you know, is immortalizing, you know, the light of yeah, life. exactly. Like, let's just continue to showcase her, and that's how they've processed. But it just she wanted my to mind. share herself with the world, and let's continue that. Yeah, yeah, and her family absolutely has continued to do that. But I can totally see how he could not have even two like gone years to the later. premiere. Like two, yeah. yeah, two years. I never put that together. That's yeah. gonna be tough. Yeah. Well, and just at that scene, I. So I was rewatching it this morning also, and <laughs> my thought that came along during those scenes was just like, oh my god, no wonder J-Lo became the queen of the rom-com. I mean, oh, yeah. her in the chemistry. romantic roles. The chemistry, she has chemistry with 
everybody in all of her rom-com roles, right? There's all these, like, goofy guys alongside her. And J-Lo just anchors it every time. Speaking about the confidence, I think this is this weekend, they have recently gotten married, but I think today is, like, another ceremony or party for her and Ben Affleck as we're recording. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. So, yeah, they're making out. Hell yeah is what I wrote down. Yes. And he does say, I don't think we should be doing this. And, you know, he's they're caught by, like, another band member, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, hey, that's not a really good idea because this is, you know, our careers and yep. being professional. It, you know, could get messy. Um, but Do you know like, how much older he is than her? Do you have that in your notes? I'll find out. Google will tell us quickly, I bet. I do not, but she... She was born in 1971. What year was this? And he was born in 1969. Oh, so not We that went much. to the moon in 1969. So he was only like two years older than her. Oh, yeah, yeah we did, yeah. Good quick maths. Thank you. Someone's an know. engineer. <laughs> Indeed. I, I don't do math for work, but yeah, we try. Yeah. Selena. 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 So yeah, so they're so they're kissing. She talks to her mom about her crush, um, and her mom, her mom, you know, voices some some concerns, but it's kind of just like excited for her, yeah, Um, but it's also excited for her, and I I love that she's like supporting her through this and not you know being mean about it, you know. Um, uh, So then, and then we we see them in the car, so they're headed to. They're headed to they're, they're uh, just, Mexico, or they're or, no, no, no. They're just heading somewhere, but they yeah. talk about they're getting an opportunity. The, there could be an opportunity to have a gig in Mexico, yeah. And like the kids are like, "Hey, we want to do this," but the dad's like, "No, it's yeah. not a good idea. You don't you speak have to Spanish. Really practice your Spanish. Yep. Yeah, yeah." And she's and she's like, "Well, I've been, I've been singing the, in you know, Spanish identity for ten years. Yeah, related stuff. Yeah, where he says we're not." We're a Mexican-American. We're not American enough for Americans. We're not Mexican, We're Mexican enough, enough for, for Mexicans. Mexicans. Is yeah. when he's having this kind of conversation with them. Yeah, and that's actually... Uh, it was really interesting when, when I heard him say that because like I've heard um, similar sentiments from... I have a few friends that are um, bi and or multiracial. Um, and I've also felt similarly like when I've been referred to as like an Oreo or like been told I'm like not a real like black person or something like that. Um, and it's, th- it's definitely like an interesting uh or experience i think is sort of unique to not america necessarily but having that sort of multicultural community and multicultural na- nation in- intentionally um that's just like something that has to be navigated um and yeah. and we see how that plays into sort of her story throughout the movie um and like oh, they, they do end up going to mexico and he's talking about like you have to really practice your spanish and you know like you, we like they've already started incorporating a lot of like Mexican music influences and stuff like that in her music because of, of her musical style. Um, but I thought it was interesting seeing that scene where she's like at the press conference yes. and she's speaking in Spanish and she's like trying to express herself and she ends up having to switch back to English to say excited because she just like can't quite think of the right word to express it. Um, and I, and like, I thought it was really cool that they were accepting of it. Her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone still loves her. That's yeah. like the best yeah but like what you're saying raven like this kind of you know identity not enough of this uh mm-hmm. i think it's it's a really important part and if you would like to hear raven speak more of this and her experience she's oh, yeah. actually on a podcast episode with a slight sarcasm podcast i believe yes. the episode's called not black enough 
Yes. Yeah. With, and like I, useless and Amber, and it's such. I've. It's such a good episode. Yeah. It was. It was actually really, uh, really interesting experience talking about it. I. I. I harp. Uh, or what's the word? I wax prolific on <laughs> on the topic uh, on that episode. But that was that was a really fun experience. Definitely go check yeah. that out. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll link it or share it again or something on Instagram to, to bump it. But um, yeah, that was that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's an interesting sort of um, just theme overall for the movie. Um, and oh, when we go to Mexico, there's there's something really important that happens before Mexico. So it's 1992, then Hollywood, Chris is friends in the hotel room, trash it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That happened right before they go to Mexico, and then they see it, and Abe's like, we'll pay for the damages and stuff. that was over in stuff. Corpus Christi or something like that, yeah. No, it was in Hollywood. In Hollywood. It was in Hollywood. They left him in Corpus Christi later on. Yeah, continue. Go ahead. And, uh, like, he's telling the hotel staff, and, like, you know, security comes and stuff like that. It's like, we'll pay for it. And they're like, that's not enough. And he's like, I know. And wanted Chris fired. Yeah. From the band, and Selena goes to talk to him, and is like, what the fuck are you doing? And then we kind of see, I think this is a really good moment uh, for Chris's, you know, character, or it's a very important dynamic that they see, is uh, we hear more about, like, where he se- sees himself from, and, like, being a romantic partner, being involved with someone like Selena, mm-hmm. how he doesn't see himself as good enough for her or it's like or will never be good enough this is just who i am and then selena's like no absolutely not yeah 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 that's cut that shit out um yeah that's that's uh i think a really a really hard thing a really hard thing to portray um but then they go to mexico and then they just after the press conference like this performance um, the La Carcacha, uh, they are not, the people are not prepared for such a huge audience. People yeah. are seriously, like, pushing against each other. People are getting hurt. Yeah. Listeners, if you go to concerts, it's not that important to get close to the stage <laughs> at the risk not. of people's lives. People one, literally die. One, um, allow celebrities to have privacy and personal space. You don't yes. need to rush them. You we don't, don't need, to need those parasocial relationships. That like, that. Yeah. I've seen a million interviews. I know we're going to be best friends. Mm-hmm. Cut that shit out. Um, Let people be people. Two, yeah, let's not crush people. Uh, that is like, you can die from being crushed and that is a thing that happens at concerts. Isn't that what happened at the, the Astroworld incident? Astroworld, with, yes. Uh, people Travis died. Scott, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's something that's really dangerous. Like mosh pits and everything like that have been have have caused fatalities. Uh, so it was really cool, like seeing them, um, seeing them sort of get the crowd back under control. Especially because I think they said they were like understaffed on security and stuff like that. Um, we had seen Abraham like express concern over that, um, and seeing her like get the crowd sort of back under control when they were like, "Oh, are you like comfortable going back out on stage and stuff like that?" Um, and she's like, "Oh, we're gonna start slow," and they start going back into the song. Her voice is so like just rich the first three words at that point for coma la flor is yeah. jennifer lopez oh okay i see what you mean at that point is when it's she's singing and then they switch over to you know the recording of selena and yeah. she's lip syncing um something i'd like to say here i think it's around here where she kind of like looks up to the sky and you can kind of see the moon multiple times during this movie you see the moon in critical places where she's, you know, accepting what she's doing, what her dream was. 
going back to when she was a kid and they were on the roof and they're looking at the yeah. uh, moon and she's like seeing what could be her life. But multiple times, if you see the moon in the movie, it's usually around those times where it's mm. like, I was meant to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a note earlier about her pop star princess Sailor Moon transformation. Um, Absolutely, <laughs> fighting evil. Uh, amazing, but yeah, that that's really cool. I didn't I didn't really notice uh, how the how the moon was like kind of being super symbolic that way. That's really awesome. That's really yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> um, so we see we see that that performance then makes front page news, um, and gets like great reviews and everything like that. So they're like. She's like big now. Like she's like like she's already gotten sort of local renown and stuff like that. But now she's becoming like a pop star, you know. Yeah. And yeah. they call her the artist of the people. That's like a specific note I made yeah. from there, which is, again, one of the super inspiring things about like her. Princess Dot. Yeah. And you think about like, I mean, you two are younger than I am, <laughs> but like <laughs> you think about who was on television and like who the famous women were in the '90s and. It wasn't brown women for the most part, and it wasn't curvy women at all. Yeah. And so she was one of these, like, the first representations of someone like brown and curvy, and people could see themselves in her. Even in Mexico, yeah. right? They, I think it was on the podcast or in some other interview I listened to, they talk about her making cameos on Mexican soap operas. She got so popular in Mexican. Oh, that's in Mexico, so much fun. I love telenovelas would, like, so much. Play herself, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah on telenovelas. And she was the brownest person on set because even in Mexico, like most of the stars were blonde and blue eyed still. Well, and yeah, so, colorism is everywhere, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this was like pre, what, 2010s semi reckoning or attempted reckoning with this, right? And yeah. so she was just this incredible symbol for so many people. And her humility and working class roots and all that stuff just made people love her so yeah. so much and so i really appreciated those scenes for for highlighting that part of her legacy as well absolutely and i think that's a, a, another interesting dynamic of specifically having jennifer lopez portray her because yes. jennifer lopez was also uh barrier breaking sort of in terms of getting curvier women into the mainstream sphere of like media and stuff like that. Like, um, like Jennifer Lopez, like really bodies like mine, um, and bodies like a lot of black and Hispanic women, especially like in just now getting into like more plus size women and stuff like that. Um, a lot of that didn't start becoming accepted and considered beautiful and actually aspired to, um, until, until like Jennifer Lopez and other, uh, such actors and, and artists really started getting big and really started like uh, pushing their career forward and, and breaking barriers like that, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. So, uh, Chris and Selena say, I love you to each other. Mm. And it's like, you know, we're just seeing moments on Big Bertha and like, you know, different <laughs> times where her dad knows what's going on, but it gets to a point where he's like, everyone off the bus. Yeah. And they he really is like this isn't happening you're not going to um you're not going to like be seeing him like this again at this point she is like 20 years old um but they're like you know expressing to him is like no but like we're in love we want to get married Mm -hmm. all that jazz and he's like you know what you're fired and it's classic you know but I love him, Dad, kind of, like, situation. <laughs> Daddy, I love him. Yeah, and it's, but he's like, no, I'm not letting the, uh, this guy 
come in between like what you're doing here what we're all doing here and it's just like yep. so stark against that um and so then you know he's off the tour he's like i'll find my way home and on these different tours and stuff they keep her busy is how they describe it yeah different appearances mm-hmm. uh um oh like you know openings to go to like a water and amusement parks different yeah. interviews things like that and water parks are so gross yes really yes yes <laughs> as a uh someone with a doctorate in environmental engineering and someone who's hopefully a year away from their doctorate in environmental engineering water soon, parks soon. are so gross i mean they chlorinate. i don't go to them they literally chlorinate the shit out of the water so yeah and that like... yeah literally <laughs> chlorinate the shit out of the water yeah Wild. Yeah, everyone's just shitting and pissing in water parks constantly. <laughs> anyway, so she's at a water park, and I think this moment when she decides to go bungee jumping is like you know, it's when she decides oh, I'm, so I'm, in, I'm in control. I'm in control of my, my life. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean they hit her with the classic "I double dog dare you," so she had to. She had no yeah, course. I've seen the Sandlot, and it's. <laughs> I was thinking Christmas Story. <laughs> oh, true. Um, and it's. Very much, I would never go bungee jumping. I don't know what it is about oh being uh, trusting something you have to be tethered to, like mm-hmm. by your ankle. Ooh, I want to jump back a little bit because I yes. to the scene of him getting kicked off the bus oh, and yeah. out of the band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, out of the bus, out of the band. Out of the bus, out of the band. As they say. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I listened to an interview. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure this one was on that podcast that I recommended before with Abraham Quintanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that scene pretty much happened word for word as they portrayed it in the movie. And he was like, yeah, he had sort of said, you know, how he's portrayed in the movie um, can be really controlling and stuff like that, as we've kind of talked about. Um, and he doesn't necessarily agree with all of it, but he, he admitted in that interview, he was like, yep, that was pretty much exactly it. So yeah. he was a protective dad. Yeah. <laughs> Understandably. I mean, she's like 20. She has this huge career coming and... He doesn't trust the metal guitar player. No. But then we see Selena and Chris meeting in secret. And they are still seeing each other secretly. Been there, girl. Um, <laughs> so I... Craven. <laughs> Nothing. Continue. We're not here to judge. I'm this looking. is a safe space for me. <laughs> no, it's not. We've made that clear. <laughs> um, so they're still seeing each other secretly. Um, we went to the music party. We did the bungee jumping. Um... And they're like, let's get married. She wants let's to get, just... yeah, they want to get married. And I was really just like, where's this going to, because again, I don't know this girl's life. I'm just watching this as a movie. I'm just like, where's this going to go? You know, like, <laughs> this is, this, this could turn out real, real cute, or this could turn out horrible. <laughs> and this kind of area, them eloping, is the scene Abraham Quintanilla II did not want in the movie. Oh. For a couple reasons. One, he doesn't look great during it. But also, he doesn't want to, like, encourage people, like, eloping and not, like, you know, talking to their families and working yeah. through things yeah. that, like, maybe this, some people would see this and be like, oh, it worked for them, so I'm yeah. going to do this. And that's and that's the key thing, is that, like, and I think that's, again, the value of how they built up their relationships and, and just the acting and, and portrayal in general. Um, because I still see it as believable when she goes back and she's like, I know my dad, like, I'm, she's freaking out, but, like, I know my dad, I know, like... If we give him a day, like, 
you know, because the news got out before they could tell them. It was like on the yeah, radio, I think on they the heard radio. it. And there, you could see, you could see the sh- the moment of like, oh shit, you know, on their on their face of like now yeah. they know. Giving him um, a day, she does know her dad. Yeah, she does <laughs> know her dad. Um, and and I think that's the that's the value of how they showed that. But yeah, I I can see the concern there, um, because it's there's definitely like, we see later on when they're talking about like kids and she's like oh yeah i want kids to blah blah blah. like they have that discussion like it goes over well and he's like into the idea um at the same time it's just like that's generally something that should probably be talked about before we make a legally binding you know decision to (laughs) To be wed yeah so yeah yeah, i i i I get the hesitation on his part i get that that makes Mm -hmm. sense but then afterwards when they like come and like even that day um the dad's like i'm really proud of you for like holding to your guns yeah. i'm glad you did this and they fully like welcome and accept uh, you know chris to the family yes, yeah. and it's at this point it just makes everything else like so much more tragic because yeah. like through these things you can see like selena's like personality and aspirations and what she's like trying to do with this music and just like her being able to navigate these really really hard moments but Selena, being who she was, she is able to do it because she is her. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's clear necessarily in the movie, but, like, Selena and Chris then just move into the house next door to her parents. Like, she moves out of their house next door with Chris. Oh, oh I, I actually, I, I was I not aware, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I couldn't remember if it was clear or not. But, yeah, so it's like, you know, it was a family band from the beginning, and then, like, Chris is in, Hold and they're still much. just immediate neighbors. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, I love that. Let and then go. we get... 1994, yeah, some other fun performances. I mean, Beedie Beedie Bum Bum is just, it's just such it. a good song. This is so, I, every, every concert, I was just like, I was dancing with her. I was just like, this is, yes. love it, dynamic performance you're giving. <laughs> and she mostly wrote this one. So, like, and I think she was just, like, hanging out and watching a fish tank, I think, and, like, the bubbles in the fish tank. Yeah. And then just started, like, kind of, like, mm, knocking dr- around on so cool. the tabletop and... I mean, she's just so musical, right? Like she, yeah. I think it was maybe her and Suzette. I don't, don't quote me on that. I shouldn't have said it, but like definitely Selena we and will. someone else. Um, like yeah, we're just like playing around, inspired by bubbles in a fish tank, and we yeah. got Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb, which is so great. Oh, such a good song. Yeah, and so these are like fun scenes. We like see her, you know, rise more in fame. There's a Grammy nomination. We also say No Me Queda Mas is like no playing. Queda Mas. Oh, thank yeah. you. Which is um, her dad's favorite song. Oh, that's uh-huh. fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, she also recorded it in only like four takes for the album, which I was oh, like, wow. oh my that's god. That's so impressive. She's a queen. Yeah. We all knew this initially, but like she's just yeah. such a queen. Like, and so we have like these music executives who's like, <laughs> hey, we want to make like an English language like album yep. and we really think this can happen. Yeah. And that's that's what she wanted from the beginning, right? Like she wanted yeah. to sing, she wanted to be Janet Jackson from the yeah. beginning. She wanted to be Donna career. Summers. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, it was, yeah, she, it was happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was that was really cool um, to see that. I loved uh, when we see her like going to the Grammys and like they're they're getting ready and everything. They're shopping at the mall, and I was just like, mood. I love that for y'all. I love that. Oh yeah. Uh, we see. Um, they have a Karen moment where they're at the store yeah. and 
Uh, of course, they're being like followed around and stuff like that. And then all of the uh, like other like Latina people and like Mexican people and stuff are just like, oh my god, Selena's here, and like Selena. start r- bum rushing the store. Just like yeah, uh, that was that was really cool. I feel like that was um, really cool to see like like character building and like and like community building moments like that, like similar to her bringing yeah. the kids on stage and stuff. You know, just fun. Yeah. And like also doing this, we she does uh, open up her own boutique. That's yeah. Right. She like she's like yeah, I can be a designer. Like she's good at it, and like she like moves forward with this. And then like uh, the head of our fan club, and then like started managing an important uh, person in this, uh, Yolanda Sil- uh, Saldivar, played by Lupe Antiveros, uh, who's also been in Desperate Housewives. Uh, in that like you know kids show Maya Miguel, she was mm-hmm. the Abuela oh. Elena. Uh, she's in Greetings from show. Tucson, also with the actor that plays A.B., the adult A.B. Yeah. Um, she was Rosalita in The Goonies. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but, like, she, we get introduced yeah, we to meet Yolanda. her. Yolanda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know, I like, like, when that. I say I didn't know anything about Selena, I mean, and I didn't know she was dead. I didn't know, oh. like, I, I didn't know anything about her. And so, like, I was just watching, like, when, when we got to the end, I was just like, Yolanda, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was not, I was not prepared when, at this first moment. And so, like, when I started rewatching it, and I was just like, oh, no, this is not, this is the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do see that she does win a Grammy for Best Mer- Mexican-American Album. Live album. Live album. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, cut to, like, a fashion show um, that's going on. And, like, you know, her fan club's chipping in for, like, a gift for her. And Yolanda mm-hmm. is like, you know what? Give me the money. Yeah. And I'll, I, like, will be with her. I can get it over the next couple of days and I can handle yeah. it. They're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. But when she presents it, it just, like basically like a ring with like a Fabergé like an egg Fabergé egg on it mm-hmm. um, she's just like this is from me so it's just yeah. this kind of like obsession that we're like starting Shady to see that's like seeded like throughout the movie that like the ending of this movie comes super fast right shady from yeah. the start comes super fast and just like escalates 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 like in the last what like 20 minutes of the movie yeah um which yeah. I think it's, it's really a, really sudden um I don't want to say good way, but I think it is a um, specific tool that the people making the movie did to um, kind of make, bring the suddenness mm-hmm. yeah. to the audience, like, more real. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it went really well, yeah. actually. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. At, at first, like, my initial reaction was like, oh, like, that was so sudden, like, it was so yes. abrupt the way it happened. Um, and then, yeah, I, I was thinking about it. And I, I, I agree with you, Campbell. Like, I think it really shows how uh, a, a little bit of, like, how that would have felt. Uh, and, and, like, yeah, it does just come out of nowhere. It did just come out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, like, her, she was a rising star. Her life was taking off. Like, everything was going great. And then it just ended, you know? And that's, you know, just what that so does. Fast. Yeah. Um, well, and I think it's a commentary on being famous too, right? It starts with like having your secret marriage announced on the radio and then, you know, having these fans or, you know, specifically one fan, but obviously we've heard about this from other celebrities too. That's just like, people are so obsessed with you. And it, I mean, Yolanda at least like actually knew Selena, but like people who form these kind of like non or beyond human level obsessions with yeah. famous people and how that like impacts their lives in so, so many ways. Yeah. Mm. 
And then we do see her recording, like this new album. We see I Could yeah. Fall in Love, which is mm-hmm. a great song. Yes. First and foremost. Beautiful. I heard I loved that it. growing up, but didn't know it was Selena. Oh, really? Yeah. This, yeah. yeah, Yolanda see, presents Yolanda, the present. Yeah, she, she presents the present. Um, oh, and then Selena, she was talking about how she wanted a small farm because we saw as a kid, she was asking her mom, can we have a small farm with like chickens and cows and, and pigs and everything uh which i i want i want all the animals in the world um and i was like same um and we see her like talking about that and we see her and chris like talking about their future and everything that they want and um making scenes that will make us sad later uh, or yeah. in, in the moment <laughs> um Absolutely. and so but we we find out there's all like with her business there's a lot of records that are missing the fan club is yes. like hey we donated money we're supposed to like you know get these things like sign pictures like mm-hmm. you know merch whatever mm-hmm. they're not getting them so yolanda's up to some shady shit yep and so we see yeah, abraham she did have a problem with a previous employer yeah and abraham kind of takes that evidence to uh selena and they sort of sit down and confront her and say like hey we like we need to figure this out like this is an issue like we need to address this um and she's like oh i have the records um like i have everything like i promise i'll show it to you like i'll go get it and stuff like that um so then she goes off and for a moment like it goes it, things kind of go back you know like like we see jennifer lopez or yeah, not, well, selena follows the, outside the and like and they're outside but then they go back on tour and it's like for a moment you're like okay maybe things will you know maybe we'll get they'll get it fixed yeah, talking to out. her mom about all of her dreams yeah. personal life career just like we see we get that like moon imagery again yeah um yeah. and it's just very much okay so okay that's subplot you know what that's going to be resolved this is what we're looking to. This is what the focus is. Yeah. Yeah. But um, then um, we cut to March 31st, 1995. Yolanda, uh, when Selena meets Yolanda to discuss these missing documents, mm-hmm. uh, shoots, and then she literally it was, later dies in the hospital. I don't even think she made it to the hospital, oh, actually. Okay. It's sure. not clear in the movie, yeah. but like, I think she... So Yolanda shoots her in a hotel in the hotel room and then selena manages to run to the lobby lobby calls 911 and i think by the time she's like in the ambulance she yeah, i think she dies um, yeah. before she gets to the hospital yeah. um, while dreaming so of you is playing in the background yeah. and i was yeah. just sobbing yeah uh, that's such a beautiful so song and just uh yeah and so then we get into a memorial montage um where they're sort of they're sort of playing that out and showing um just kind of close out the movie so showing different scenes um of like the different memorials and uh what's the word actual uh, clips actual of clips selena of and her family on tour and like during this process kind of stuff yeah and the, the the vigils i was that's what i was trying to think of like the, the candlelight vigils and stuff like that that were held yeah mm-hmm. and i mean i think that montage scene does this really well and it's even more evident if you like go to youtube and watch you can like watch the concert in the astrodome um in on youtube and stuff like that but seeing you know real selena and then j-lo you know just in all the outfits however many mm-hmm. minutes before and stuff like that just reinforces to me how great of a job j-lo did because yeah. she just like all of the charisma that exudes from selena like j-lo did that really really well yeah. And, yeah. and again the costume design um as well is just awesome um yeah and so it's beautiful just, uh, it's a very nice ending I mean, not on the 
story of the ending is not nice, but it is a well made ending. It's a well made ending, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to, you know, the credits and we have like different music playing. When Summer Over the Rainbow starts playing, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then and I think the last song that played was Where Did the Feeling Go, which was like the over the last part of the credits. Yeah. Good for you for watching the credits all the way through. Oh, Raven I saw that. I, always. I saw that on Wikipedia. I don't give me that credit. I. Oh, okay, cool. So, okay, comment correct, Campbell. Yeah, I. I don't know. Like, I don't watch credits. I only watch credits on Marvel movies because they put stuff at the end, and it's worth it. And then, so that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Um, theme, as we say, um, in the biz. Uh, so is it like Swedish our... or Finnish? It's like it looks like the English word like slut. I think I think it's Finnish. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I'm not for sure. Yeah, I think sure. it's like the end of like Finding Dory. It's just like slut. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, languages languages are fun. So we love today. them. Languages um, are fun. Languages are fun. Uh, and so now we're gonna get to our little composer corner that i think that's what you called it the other day campbell i loved that yeah. uh segment um so this i'm gonna keep this a little short because like i have a discussion question that i really want us to get into and also like we've kind of been talking about the composer the, the entire time um there's <laughs> another one too um so all the songs of course are recordings um from selena live in concert um the only exceptions to that are the cumbia medley uh, that they did, the disco medley at the very beginning, um, and then the Where Did the Feeling Go, which was the uh, one of the end credit songs. Um, and then, I forget where this was, but there was also, they played the Vidal Brothers Oldies medley, um, and so that, of course, was also a studio recording. Um, and then the soundtrack itself includes, uh, they, they produce like a soundtrack to like come out with the film to like help Mm-hmm. Uh, promoted that's like all the songs that are found in the movie uh but then it also includes like is it the beat um only love and a boy like that which are not in the film um so then of course the movie itself is the biopic or biopic of uh selena quintanilla perez i believe uh i know you guys have said have said the name a million times but i, I always get nervous trying to pronounce it um so she uh, lived from April 16th, 1971, uh, 1971 to March 31st, 1985. Um, and I found that she was actually third place on Billboard's 2020 uh, list of greatest Latino artists of all time. So I thought that was like pretty cool. Um, oh. And yeah, and I, and I mentioned. Who, do you she, know who number one and two were? I did not, but let me Google as a friend. Uh, Enrique Iglesias is number one, and then Luis or Louis uh, Miguel. Luis? Luis? Yeah. Luis. Miguel. Yeah. Luis. Miguel. But speaking of, uh, we're going to have to take you know, one more drink here. Uh, she was credited for catapulting the Tejano genre uh, into like sort of the I mainstream market. I finished my drink. Uh, and... Oh no, take another shot. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> How much you want no, to? I'll take a swig. <laughs> Cheers. Ah. Gross. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. I did it. Um, yeah, so she was, I will she was not sort make of, you do that, Hannah. I, yeah, I was like, I took a drink like 10 seconds before. I think I'm calling that my Tejano <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, um, I my mustache. Yeah, so she was she was really credited for catapulting the Tejano genre into into the sort of mainstream market and just like bringing more awareness in general to um, to Mexican-American music and to Mexican music um, and culture. Yeah. Um, and then the film also did have, like, in their music by section, the uh, 
official like film score was put together by Dave Grusin. Um, I believe Grusin is how you pronounce his last name. Um, so he is a. It's actually composer. pronounced Smith. <laughs> he is a composer. It's funny because that's your last name. Shut up. He is a way to dox me <laughs> on the internet, Campbell. <laughs> We've talked about um, so many times. No, no, no I've said your phone number and your address on there <laughs> on the podcast, and you've like. I'm pretty sure we cut that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You just um, said your address again. I'll say it right now. <laughs> um, he's a composer, arranger, producer, and pianist. So he just he's composed a lot of scores for um, different feature films and like television and stuff. Um, so he's done like Kaleidoscope, The Graduate. Um, Candy, I don't know if, let me, let me go down a little bit here, The Electric Horseman, um, ton of different stuff. I don't know, I don't know if he's done anything like, big, big, I don't know. Um, there were a few, there were a few, um, on here, like he did West Side Story, um, stuff like that. So he did the actual, like, film score, um, for the music, like, outside okay. of what was done, like, the, the physical, like, recordings and concerts and stuff. Um, that was done. So I just, I just thought that was cool. Which I think I did was. a really good job from like traditional like film score stuff of mix melding with like the Tejano like Selena like music kind of thing. It seemed very seamless. Yeah. Between them. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think I think that's really cool how they work to sort of blend that together and like uh, the interesting dynamics of having to score no a film. Uh, true of having to score a film uh totally originally like with totally original music versus having to score a film that's intentionally including you know like someone else a, a particular person's music you know and in general and i it think it seems scoring... like the stakes were really high for this one too right yeah exactly yeah. and and when you're when you're scoring a film for a biopic especially one like we, we've talked a lot about identity and so especially one that where the identity of the artist and how their story is being told, um, how the music is really crucial to that. Um, and that actually kind of brings me to our discussion question. Um, Campbell, I wanna, Campbell and Hannah, I want to know, um, so there's a, a cool quote that I really liked that Abraham said earlier. Um, you can do anything if you know who you are. And he said this during the scene um, where he was talking to her about like being... Uh, Mexican-American, like, the difficulties with that and stuff. Um, and I would posit that that quote, like, you can do anything if you know who you are, is sort of, like, the movie's main message. I think that's a lot of... Um, related to a lot of what they talk about and a lot of what they show. Um, and we see, we've talked about how Selena was sort of navigating her identity in music um, as she established her career um, throughout, like, the different songs that she shares with her father and just, like, all of that, like, with We Belong Together... We hear that like multiple times throughout the movie as like a sort of motif, um, along with a lot of her other songs. Um, and I was curious for you guys, um, how would you sort of explain or express like music's impact on identity, um, like how it shapes and can like define or even like describe or represent a person, uh, like how music can like remind you of a person or something like that, um, and. If you were having a biopic made of you, what song would be like the song, like 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 your central motif for your biopic story? Yeah. 
Oh, oh my god, you should have sent this question ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is new for me too. Um, so I would say especially about like, you know, if you know who you are, like you can do anything kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like once you like get to a place and this is something I felt, especially on my like coming out journey and things like that, when like truly accepting myself, I like stop putting up with the bullshit and the facade I put so much energy towards like previously like for like um, I, such a large portion of my life that I then have the energy the space the acceptance and the patience to really be like okay what is this whole Campbell thing about and how can I best express that and I feel like oh, for myself who has you know loves music and has expressed himself through music for most of my life that for someone who you know for specific avenues does not communicate uh, the most like effectively. Something I've always felt though is when I talk about music or if I'm like playing music, I am able to so easily get those feelings out. Yeah. So I think that's like, you can get the music out and like, I don't know, or whatever kind of art or medium out better when you do know yourself better because you don't have to pull up, put up with like all the bullshit or the energy or the attention or the focus of worrying, oh, I need to be mm-hmm. this for other people instead of just being. Yeah. But no, for, I... like, music, do you mean, that like, a specific song? Or, yeah, like, so, genre so or music? I'll, I'll give my answer. Um, the, I, I, first of all, I, I think that's really beautiful, what you expressed, Campbell, and I, I generally agree with that. I think Correct. For, for me... <laughs> um, for me, music helps me sort of navigate the how I feel about my own identity. Like music has always been. Um, my dad was also like really into music and would constantly play music like blaring throughout the house and stuff like that. And so I have like a throwbacks playlist of all like R and B's and like gospel music and stuff because that was like all we really listened to growing up. And then as I got older, me and my sisters got into like rock and Rune 5 and pop and um, all the other like sort of mainstream music that's not R&B and gospel. And I got into like country and stuff like that. Um, And recently being in my early 20s, um, I feel like I've been kind of going through a journey of like identity discovery and like self-establishment, like as I'm growing into like my adulthood and everything. Um, And I kind of like for me I kind of use music to guide me through that like I've been going back a lot to like my R&B and gospel roots and like listening to almost exclusively that type of music lately uh, which I haven't for a long time I've been listening to a lot of other types of music um, and it, it kind of helps me feel like rooted a little bit like um, how she how Selena uh, was incorporating a lot of like Latina like Latin influences and stuff like that in, in her music with with Tejano um, I, I think music can root you sort of um and ground you a bit uh because it can connect you to like a time and place and like a culture and stuff like that um for so in terms of like the song like the what song would serve as like your central sort of motif okay well this is sort of like that question you would ask um if you what was the song uh, like, what like what, music, what, what song, song represent you yeah, what song describes you as a person? What, instrument, what instrument would it be playing on? Play on? Yeah, so I, I see this as sort of like an iteration of that. But like, for me, I think my song would be like, I Am, which is like by India, is a song by India Ari. Um, I have like a My Journey playlist on Spotify that I've been using to like, whenever I find a song that I feel like really, I really connect with or something like that, I put it on that. Um, and that's a song that I really feel like describes how I feel at this point in my life. And like, if I were to make a movie about this point of my life, 
as a coming of age story, that's like the song that would be like the main theme or like would play it like the the main part of the movie or something. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of what I mean. Like what song would be like your theme song or your like, you know, does that make sense? Yes. Uh, for me, I think I would actually pick a classical piece. And I think I've said this before. It's my, like, I oh, no, it's one of my favorites. But I think it would be Waltz Number no. 2 by Dmitry Shostakovich because I think it's a one I always fuck with a waltz, the cadence and Love like that. the rhythm of it. It's just, you know, it moves me. But also, it's very like grandiose, but at the same time, it comes with these different solos and musical moments where it's like a tuba or like a saxophone, something more modern that's able to like take something so serious and grand and just be like okay but now i'm just i'm just doing my own thing and the rest just results from that yeah yeah that's so cool i love that for you thank you, love that for you. hannah is now googling a song i just had to make sure i actually knew who it was by <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um love that. because yeah so i'm clearly by far the least musical of the three of us um but music's a universal you, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean i think you know i don't create my own music like since middle school early high school when mm. you know as musical as i got was like well if i practice a lot i can really play the scales well kind of a thing <laughs> um, just no, it didn't flow out of me let's put it that way <laughs> um but I, like, I really identified with what you said about being raised on music, you know, in your house all the time kind of a thing. So I have a couple songs that are, like, anchor points for me, certainly. And, uh, you know, even though I had to look up the artist or confirm, I was right. I confirmed my <laughs> Oh, I fully but... looked mine up on Spotify to, to confirm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like... Yeah, well, and then, you know, this one is, like, this shout-out was kind of for my mom, too, because she loves to, like... <laughs> It's so the song is Shiny Happy People by REM mm. and Ooh. it's totally a family favorite like dancing around in the living room since we were super small kind of a thing like yeah. and she loves it so much that she doesn't realize that it's not actually a great song to request at weddings like it does <laughs> indeed clear the dance floor kind of a thing <laughs> but it just yeah I'm super grateful to have been raised around a lot of music and it totally anchors me to a time and a place just like you said and um, so I guess I'll go with that one I mean obviously life is not always shiny and happy but uh, like you mentioned previously we love to we love to see the positivity and try yeah. to emphasize it when it's there. So. Great question, Raven. I was yeah. not expecting like this. <laughs> uh, they're not all going to be like this. I just felt really inspired this time. And I was like, let's go for it. I yeah. will not. I'm trying to not hold myself to the standard every time. That's that's a lot. <laughs> okay, good. Good, 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 good. This is, this is good for me. Um, but, but some thought provoking is fun. Yeah. yeah. Especially with some alcohol. So it, flows better yeah. um but now for now. anna's enjoyment we will be performing for her raven on the violin myself on the bassoon a yes. little rendition a little ditty of dreaming of you oh <gasps> love that song yeah. yes so we'll be right back listeners burb I feel like I took a few accidental creative liberties because you did. I, but that's what music's about, right? We were sight reading, and my when I'm sight reading, my reading, like my uh, rhythm reading, gets off, and um, yes, the, that syncopation was uh, was going was not working out for me. <laughs> yeah, that one like 
uh, three eighth notes that weren't triplets that you're worried about. I you just... did not play them right. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I was right. wildly out of tune. So that's fine. Because <laughs> I haven't played bassoon in months. So that's, that's just how that goes. But Hannah, how was that for you? Oh, it yeah. was lovely. Very nice. Another that reason so why fun. we drink and have our guests drink. Yeah. We like to, we don't <laughs> want them. Sounds to... good to everybody. Exactly. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so now... We have reached the end of our podcast. First, though, how would everyone rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say, I think I'd give it like an 8 out of 10. Like, I I really enjoyed it. Definitely going to rewatch it. I'm literally going to go finish it right now after we finish up here. Um, Again, my only notes, I think the pacing sometimes is a little weird. Like, the way it jumps around in time, I think, could sometimes be clearer from a storytelling perspective. Um... But I, I really enjoyed the movie. I think, like, the performances are amazing. The way uh, the actors in general um, just really bring all the characters to life. Like, thinking of them as characters, you know, because we don't necessarily know all the behind the scenes for the real people. Um, I, I, I love the movie. I think it's a great movie. I would also give it a name. I could have used more music and more of the development. For of sure, music. yeah. That, that's why I would give it a name. But yeah. overall, I loved it. Yeah, I was thinking eight or nine for the same reasons. I just love the music so much. I wanted to see a little bit more of that in the movie. But oh, still wow. awesome. So that's pretty, you know, yeah. we're in agreement. Um, Amazing. Uh, Hannah, Triple threat. did yes. you have fun? I had so much fun. Good. Thank you so much for having me on. No this problem. is so fun. Do you have I anything you would like to share or promote? Well, I will just remind the listeners of the Anything for Selena podcast because yep. it's so great. Yeah. Um, Link in the description. Yes. Yeah. And um, I know you did warn me about this question, but I didn't yes. come up with anything besides that. But the podcast is awesome. Okay, yeah, as that, is this that's podcast. something, though. So, that's yeah. something. Yeah. And then that's the question awesome. for yeah, you, Raven. It was, huh? Oh, no, continue. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was really fun having you on, Hannah. Um, I, I always love, like, meeting uh well we've we've met before but i always love like it was too seeing, <laughs> yeah seeing and seeing all of like campbell's like new friends and just like connections that he's made since he's been up there in oregon because uh, that's like a whole separate part of his life that i'm not like there for and it's like it's really yeah. fun like getting to see all you guys and, like interact with you and um yeah well, we're really grateful all of you to awesome. have had him out here correct so. <laughs> and on that note raven where can you find us Campbell, you can find us anywhere podcasts can be found. That can be Stitcher, that can be Podbean, um, that can be Google Podcasts, um, any any platform really that, that promotes and allows podcasts. And when you find us, um, if you're able to, we hope that you rate us five stars. We hope that you like us. We hope that you comment. Um, let us know what you think about the podcast. If you have any questions, um, if you have answers to some of our questions or just like want to weigh in, that'd be really, really cool. Um, or like suggestions for what you want us to do next. Um, that would be really awesome. And you should... What else? Oh, shoot. What you else can do say? that. The way you can do that is emailing oh, us at yes. boozecools at gmail.com. That's B-O-O-Z-I-C-A-L-S. It's okay. Boozecools at gmail.com. Or you can also follow us on Instagram because we like to Photoshop and do fun things and share, you know, different nonprofit related things at boozecools on Instagram. It's a very good Instagram. I think so. Yeah. Um, okay, and with that, this has been super, super fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed today. This was like a good drink. It was a good movie. It was a good drink, it was a good, good vibes. It was a good guest. It was a good song. This was a good day. This was a good episode. Yeah, good day. Thank Love you, it. too, so much. And a good day to you. <laughs> a good day. Bye. Bye-bye.